What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the Breaks Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Brooks Radio. It's your host, CEO Hayes, in the building this week. We got a surprise for you, but I'm going to save that for a few more seconds. My brother, Baylor, the greatest in the building. What's going on? How we doing, man? I'm glad you got over that cold. Yeah, I got over. I was dead. It wasn't just a cold. I was dead last week. I'm glad you're back. Orange juice. <laughs> Vitamin C, people, it does the body good. <laughs> and then, we, <laughs> and then uh, a special surprise that I teased on Twitter we have a new co-host for the Berks Radio, Miss Mary Almonte is in the building. What's going on? Hi, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> That's what's up. So before we start, just because you're a new face voice, tell the people a little bit about yourself and just everything. Sure. Well, to start, I guess part of why I'm here is that um, I'm a professional shit talker. Um, I'm from New York, Staten Island to be specific, Wu-Tang. Oh, this is going to be fine. Um, yeah. And so, um, by day, um, I've had a bunch of jobs, right? Like I worked at Hot 97, um, here in New York, WBLS, um, and the marketing department. Um, but you know, you absorb a lot of things through osmosis. Um, and then I've also worked at BT and I'm actually a realtor also by day. Not sure if I even shared that with you, but, um, so I've worn many hats and have been exposed to a lot of things and, uh, hopefully I can bring some value here as a result of all that. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So who, uh, just so we get, a, uh, the, the listeners can get a taste for your musical taste. Favorite rap group of all time, favorite rap, solo rapper of all time. And then... Favorite R and B act of all time, so that can be a group or solo. Mm. It's about to be real. (laughs) It it is about to be real indeed. Um, I think I gave that away before that my favorite rap group is Wu Tang. Um, I mean, I'm from Staten Island. It would be like blasphemy if that were not the case. Um, My favorite rapper is Nas. Mm. Yeah, I know. Um, And I would say R and B. Sheesh. That's hard. That's a really hard one. And I was a huge R&B head. Um, I'm going to go with Maxwell, which I'm okay. surprising myself by blurting that out. But that was the first <laughs> one that came out. So, yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, listeners, hopefully uh, that, that gave you a peek inside. We'll, we'll get deeper in as we get into the podcast. You guys ready to get into the first topic this week? No Let's doubt. Do it. All right. So the Something in the Water Tour, uh, Pharrell announced it. Him and Missy Elliott, Travis Scott, Migos, uh, who else? Anderson Pack, uh, Little Uzi Vert. There's Pusha T is gonna gonna appear on this on this uh, tour as well. This really seems like the it music tour of the summer. What do you guys think about it? I think I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would be excited to see uh, what Missy Elliott has up her sleeve. I'm a huge Pusha T fan. Uh, SZA, 
Yeah, definitely not not a huge fan of Lil Uzi Vert at all. And then you know I've heard Travis Scott can bring down the building. So yeah, yeah. I mean SZA for sure. Um, I'm kind of curious about how he went about selecting these artists because I would have expected it to be like a very VA centric kind of you know lineup. And I mean Missy obviously makes sense with that. Um, but yeah, some of the rest of them really surprised me. So I actually, I actually thought the same thing. I thought it was going to be VA heavy. Yeah. Uh, but right now, I only see maybe what two artists from Virginia. Um, I'll still go though. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. Janelle Monae's on here as well. Like this is this is a star-studded uh, lineup. The one that surprises me the most really is Jaden Smith. Like he just his name sticks out like a sore thumb on this list. But I've heard that he actually puts on a good live performance. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why did we have the same reaction <laughs> you know what because that's one of those i've heard he was dope but i've never heard of him performing yeah so i i can't really okay i would i would like to see that as well though so i mean i like him as an actor um i don't know that icon living kind of made me hop off with him <laughs> <laughs> But, and I mean, the production was dope on it. The beat was sick, but I don't know. He was kind of all over the place. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, kind of keep an open mind, I guess. But he's not <laughs> yeah. who I'd be going there to see. Yeah, def- uh, yeah definitely at the end of that. Uh, <laughs> I, another one on here for me, uh, Anderson Pac, who I, I was kind of here there on his, on his last album. I, I'm still up on him overall as an artist, but I'd be excited to see how he fits in with, like, all of these really icons that are headlining the tour. Um, but I've, I've never got to see him. Anyone seen Anderson Pac live? No. No, no not live. <laughs> I did like his last project, though. Tenant Windows, I could play on repeat. That's what's up. Yeah. All right. Well, moving off of that, let's get into the next subject. This one is going to be nostalgic for any of my 90s slash early two. No, probably just 90s, late 90s babies. I don't know if it lasts to the early 2000s, but FUBU and Baby Fat are making a comeback. Like 2018 was like the year of the come of like comebacks for old acts and rappers getting old clothing lines coming back. Uh, what do you guys think about Fubu and Baby Fat making a comeback? <laughs> I think that, you know what, but because of this this generation, this era, you know, once somebody spark it that's popular, then it'll take off again. Um, I I like it. I'm gonna support it. Which FUBU, which FUBU era did y'all like the most? The beginning or the platinum FUBU? Mm, I'd say the beginning. I yeah. feel like, and I mean, I don't know if we are all disclosing our ages, but <laughs> but I feel like by the end of FUBU's reign, it had been played out for a while. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just people, a few stragglers were hanging on. Um, but in the beginning, I remember when it first dropped, it was like everything. Like it was, you know, an LL kind of led the marketing campaign. I mean, that might have been one of the few things like I can identify that sort of made me want to start a career in marketing, if that makes sense. But um, yeah, like I, I even remember LL had made like a, a, a verse just for the FUBU commercial. Like it was exciting. But then by the end, it was like, all right, please. If you're wearing FUBU now, you're like a scrub, which probably was the term people used at that time, too. So, yeah. And he, he started it off with the uh, with the FUBU wave cap. And I said, yo, I got to get this. Mm-hmm. It, did, it didn't it didn't have it didn't have the cape on the back. I said, yo, this is different. This is yeah. different. I'm going to have to do this. 
Fun fact, in New York, the kids are calling those silkies now. I don't know if that's going around the West Coast or the Midwest, but <laughs> silkies, not a that's do-rag. Silly. I used to call that a do-rag, but yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah it's we, 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 we still call them wave caps. <laughs> okay, well, vernacular. It's, it's weird FUBU's making a comeback of all, because like you said, um, it fell off hard. Like I think like that first round of like Fat Albert... Fubu jerseys. I was like, all right, that's cool. That lasted like two months, and then it was like, nah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if how they're gonna relaunch this, but Fubu definitely was. I mean, it was a movement. Like between, they were able to drop an album, which was just crazy. Uh, LL Cool J all over the place. Like for for a while there, that was the it thing to do. But the fact that it's making a comeback is just, I just I can't see it. Like I I just personally can't see it. I think Baby Fat has more of a chance of being making a successful comeback. And that's because, I mean, women's clothes can change like complete styles. And I feel like there's not as much as a stigma as something falling off as it is with men's clothing. But that's just my personal opinion. Um, okay. So first of all, I will start by saying I was like the girl in those memes that was like, you know, this girl was whatever. If in the 90s and 2000s, she was rocking these like baby fat jackets and like I had baby fat everything. I was like the poster girl for baby fat. So I'm super excited that baby fat is coming back. Um, I, so behind that also, I'm, I'm really proud of Kimora. Um, I mean, I don't know if her new boo has anything to do with it, but she actually bought it back herself. And when she initially was involved with Baby Fat, that wasn't the case. She wasn't like the owner of it. Um, and then she was, I mean, this this is like fun facts because I'm obsessed, but she was asked to like step down because she was like accused of spending company money like improperly or something. Like she gave herself a really high salary. So I think the story of this is dope. Um, because now she's like coming back and coming for everything. Like she's going to be the sole owner of it basically. Um, but I mean, baby fat was kind of timeless. Um, I didn't feel like, like you said, I didn't feel like it fell off as hard as some of these other, you know, epic brands of the time. Um, and I actually feel like fashion Nova should be scared because if she plays this the right way, she could give them a run for their money big time. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I think the launch is going to be important too. Like we just saw Zendaya have like a, a all black model launch of her fashion line. If Kimora really has like a, a dope launch and a and a event where it really showcases everything that the line could be, as well as women of all colors and races and shapes and sizes, like like you said, Fashion Nova better be uh, on the lookout because. There's a lot of people who are bet who are like you and have a lot of nostalgic feelings towards Baby Fat, also. Yeah, and I mean, she's gonna make her two daughters like an integral part of the relaunch as well. So that should be exciting and kind of interesting to see. Like, it's gonna span generations, right? Like, yeah. her daughters are, I think, 19 and 16, and then she's like nearing 40, if not 40. So that's like. <laughs> Like, probably, like you said, like, you're going to have, like, the older women who have that nostalgic value there, and then you're going to have a whole fresh crop of baby fatters, or whatever we call them. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. Baylor, anything to add to that, man? I'm going to get me a FUBU tracksuit. I don't care what y'all think about me, okay? <laughs> you know, shout out to LL. Go get me a Kango hat, rope chain, white beater, and and, and a FUBU <laughs> tracksuit, and I'm out there, man. As long as you don't wear the FUBU shoes, bro. Like, just please no, don't wear no, the FUBU shoes. Bro. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, a still, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm still West Coast, so it might be some Chucks. That's what's up. Yeah. Respect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I started I started us off pretty light. We got to get into it, man, because I feel like if we didn't address it here, especially since we didn't have an episode last week, people would be questioning. The uh, Leaving Neverland documentary. If everyone could see our faces right now, because I think we all just collectively got ourselves together for this. Uh, I mean, I really don't even know where to start. All Everything that's coming out of it. Um, I mean, let, let's start with this. Do you guys believe everything that was in the documentary? Or does it like for me personally, I think some of it's true. But there was a lot to call the question for me. Also, for uh, enough for me not to just say it's 100 percent true. But uh, who wants to take this one first? oh man i almost said the old ladies first thing yeah i'm I'm gonna use that card wow okay you're gonna flip it to me well uh, okay so here's the thing so i am from a generation that really and truly did grow up like mj was a star by the time i was you know a kid right like a mega star um, but I will say this. I always thought he was freaking weird. Like I always mm-hmm. was like, something isn't right about him. Like he just looks weird. And then he was running around with Macaulay Culkin. Um, again, think I'm aging myself here, but that was like my first exposure to him sort of, you know, being inappropriate. And I remember vaguely the trials of the, like the trial against him where these two, you know, now dudes, whatever they were kids, like came to his defense and I don't know why, like, no one was up in arms then. Like, he, if it were, if that were today, and I mean, I kind of think, I don't know, I'm all over the place right now, but this kind of begs a question of, like, this cancel culture that we live in now. Like, what really is is breeding this? Because back in the day, we would just gloss over so many things that were just in our face, blatantly just weird and inappropriate. And I don't know. I mean, so... I wasn't surprised to see, you know, this what unfolded in leaving Neverland. Um, I actually remember being a kid and thinking the concept of Neverland was weird, too. Like, what grown man lives in a place called Neverland? I mean, it's like Peter Pan was strange also. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I don't know. So something about my MJ just didn't sit well with my spirit, even before I was old enough to really process the fact that it wasn't sitting well with my spirit. So... I don't know. I mean, listen, I love his music, but dude was a weirdo. I can't say I wasn't there. I'm not the type of person that, you know, comes to these conclusions without seeing it for myself. But it doesn't surprise me that this is what we're hearing now. So I guess, yeah. (laughs) For me, um, you know, MJ is number one. I got MJ over Prince. Don't come for me. Please don't come for me. I know people. I might I have to come for you. <laughs> I know. I know. But um, yeah, that, you know, that, that, that was my guy. Um, I'm in the same, I'm in the same boat with you as far as I, I was there. I watched the, um, the special and I thought he was weird as well. My thing was that my thing is we've, we've gotten the documents um, and the evidence about the FBI having a, uh, a thorough investigation. They didn't find anything on him. Again, why did it take so long? It's kind of questionable that it came right after R. Kelly doc. Um, mm. And so, and so I que- I questioned a lot of things. But at the same time, I agree. He was kind of something was off. Something was off. But it was okay with us because his music was, 
you know, it was a one. Now the close, we, we really didn't know the actual person because we didn't know him personally. We never met him. Well, at least I've never met him. <laughs> but when I listened to interviews of people that did meet him, comedians, athletes, and things like that, the way they would talk about him, uh, the personal stories and experiences, um, it kind of, you know, I, I'm like, I don't I don't see what's so weird about this guy, except for the way he dresses and the way he looks, uh, because the way they described him was a pretty down to earth, had a huge personality and so on. Uh, so when this doc came out, I questioned it because of what they was doing. Again, you mentioned the whole we canceling everybody. Um, then the R. Kelly thing drops and I'm like, in a minute, we're not about to have anybody. We can't, we can't look, you're going to have to cancel everybody. And then next is going to be family members. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I still has, I still have his music in my library, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's, it's one of those things I always ask that question too. It's like the whole separating the art from the artist thing is more difficult in certain situations. Like with the R. Kelly thing, it was easy for me. Um, uh-huh. Michael Jackson while the, the stuff that came out about him is disgusting, I grew up on Michael Jackson. Like, I was the kid doing the whole dance routine to my mama when she and her friends were over, like, baby, do your dance. Like, that was me. I was that kid. My daughter loves Michael Jackson, like, loves Michael Jackson. It's probably her favorite artist. And, I mean, she's only 10 years old. So, this just lets you know, like, the, how he's able to just, his music transcends time. Um, so that's definitely a difficult conversation. I've, I've been asked like, okay, so if he comes on the radio, what do you do? Luckily, I haven't been in that pos- position because I honestly don't know. Of course, in my mind, mentally, after hearing everything, it's like, yeah, I'll turn that off. But if Billy Jean comes on, I can't promise that I'm going to turn it off. Like, so it, it's, it's difficult in that situation. Like I said, with the whole separating the art from the artist thing. But as far as the details that come out of this, um, this documentary, it's, like just sitting back watching it and watching James um, Safechuck, the guy who had the ring, like h- hearing how fondly he repeated some of these memories was even more disturbing because he's talking about his time with Michael Jackson and it's still like it's fine. Like, yeah, we'd have sex and like and just not to to victimize him because he he's the victim. It's wrong. But just it, it, it makes it even more difficult to kind of completely like just attack michael jackson i guess so to say because he's still talking fondly of him now the way robinson guy there's so many holes in his story his parents story that's even come out Mm -hmm. afterwards his story is a little bit weirder because he's defended michael jackson as an adult he defended him then the moment he started having financial issues all of a sudden this kind of stuff comes out but the the james safechuck story specifically i believe that one more um it's just Hey, it's just disturbing. But like you guys said, we'll never know for sure. We weren't there. We we didn't meet any of these people, but it, it's just disturbing all the way around. Can, can I ask you a question, though? Yeah. So how long ago was the trial? The one that they testified in? Yeah. I know he one was in like 2005. The one before that, I'm not sure exactly. OK. And then how far along was the um, um, the allegations before when that? Yeah, but when it first popped up. I mean, he's been going through allegations since like 86, I think. Okay. And so you wait until March of 2019 to burn everything that you got from him? Yeah. You got a point there. I mean, so that's another thing, right? It's like a question. Like, again, there's some kind of weird shift, I feel, anyway, going on with our culture. Because, I mean, there's so many cases, not to jump ahead, but like, yeah, you had mentioned before the whole R. Kelly situation. It's like... I mean, I guess maybe technology 
I don't know. And and these TV networks are now able to curate people differently. I don't know. But I mean, even with the Bill Cosby situation, I mean, and I'm a woman, but I was like, why would all these freaking women women like just come out of the woodworks 20, 30 years in certain cases later, even 40? So, I mean, I agree with your question, but I do feel like there's some sort of shift happening where people now are feeling comfortable to come forward about these strange situations and for whatever reason they weren't before. And in this case, though, I will say Michael Jackson was not here to defend himself. So I don't know. I mean, one could argue that, yeah, anyone can come forward and say someone who's no longer with us did something because who's going to say otherwise. So I, I mean, this was a special case and I do kind of understand why Michael Jackson's estate is suing HBO over this because it's like, come on, you're really going to put this out here for what? To just destroy his legacy because there's no, you're not suing him, you know? So I don't know. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a level of, it's a level of hypocrisy um, coming from me because it's going to be extremely hard for me to just delete every song. And I have a lot uh albums at that and not only that i still watch a different world so when you bring up bill cosby i watch a different world and i love the cosby show mm-hmm. and the fact that like it, it, and this is deeper than just entertainment like you're talking to someone that didn't really have the 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 father fi- figure image that i wanted and bill was that character you know uncle phil was that character you know and it, and music you know that's that's therapeutic to us so listen to MJ, listen to certain MJ tracks. It puts me back in the 90s or in the 80s. It, it puts me in a feel good uh, vibe. And to eliminate that from my library, to stop watching classic TV shows, you taking away a part of my, you know, my development. But if it's true, I have to. Do you have to? I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily. So in Michael Jackson's case, He's dead. Who are you supporting by still streaming his music or, you know, whatever, really? It's not him anymore. I mean, now the R. Kelly thing's a whole other story because, yeah, you're giving him money to not pay child support and go to other countries asking young girls if they have their shots and want to come back with him. So that I could kind of see the difference. But I feel like with MJ, it's like, I don't know, like his music is so much a part of, like you just said, all of our childhood upbringings. It's yeah, I don't know. It's I'm not canceling him personally. If if we were going to cancel him, he should have been canceled. I mean, yeah, you know, we all kind of knew all this 20 years ago, at least. So come on. Um, Bill Cosby, I don't know. I'm still struggling with that. I have to be honest with you. Just like you said, it's like I went to Fordham University and a big part of why is because I saw him rocking Fordham hoodies uh-huh. in the show. He <laughs> so, stayed rocking them sweaters, man. Yes. So I was like, oh, you know, Bill Cosby, I, I thought he went to Fordham. I don't know if his character might have. I don't know. In real life, he didn't. But whatever the case was, that was, I made a major life decision partially based on what I saw Bill Cosby wearing. Like when you think about that, it's wild. So, and I mean, I feel like the show itself still instilled great morals and values. And I mean, I would allow my kids to watch it. It's, they don't really need to know that the real Bill Cosby was doing some wild shit when he stepped off the set. I don't, I don't know, but I guess my opinion's not popular in this, so I'm sure people are going to be not feeling me <laughs> after hearing this. So apologies. 
don't know. You're good. I mean, you got to be truthful to your opinion. I mean, you're not the only one that shares that opinion. So, yeah, don't don't be hesitant for that at all. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be like, you know, wearing like a Bill Cosby T-shirt or, you know what I mean? But watching his work of the past that has lived on up until this point, I don't really think is harmful. (laughs) He's in jail. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, he is serving his time. He's been prosecuted and found guilty for the crime. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get into our first break. You're going to hear a commercial from uh, another podcast from the Breaks Media, and we will be right back after this. What up, everybody? This is Scoop Grady. This is your boy, AB. Make sure y'all check out the Inside Scoop, the second of every Wednesday. Make sure y'all check us out. Yeah, man, we dropping this shit every other Wednesday, man, at 11 motherfucking o'clock. Please kill, kill, double fucking kill. All right. Uh, so coming back from the first break, uh, we're going to lighten the mood a little bit. We're not going to jump right into R. Kelly because we're definitely going to be discussing a little bit later. But YBM Almighty J, who I've never heard a single song of his, got robbed. Um, and the the reason why I put this one on here isn't necessarily uh, just for that because rappers get robbed of the chains all the time. But this one involves J Prince, which everyone knows typically in hip hop. He's like the hip hop uh, Grim Reaper. Most people don't fuck with J Prince. What do you guys think about all that? Well, first of all, you really laughed when you said got robbed. <laughs> and that kind of sums it up. <laughs> yeah. But um, so the only true confession, the only reason why I know of his music or him is because I have a 16 year old daughter. Um, so I'm kind of tortured through this. Well, let me not say that, but I'm more aware of the new hip hop because of her. Um, and I feel like this is a classic case of like, you know, those memes that's like my hip hop versus yours. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, I feel like our hip hop artists were not getting robbed. They were like doing the robbing. Like, I don't know. (laughs) So why did DMX just pop in my head? (laughs) Exactly. I was thinking even ODB, like, (laughs) I mean, they were like still get getting money from their music and still out here robbing dudes. So uh-huh. yeah, I just feel like uh, this is you know corny. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much sums up my opinions too. What about you, Baylor? Uh, like, are we still doing this? People get they're still snatching chains and then asking for it back. Like, yeah. this is not the generation to do that to because it goes. I mean, it's gonna be blasted all over social media. Then you're gonna have the guy that actually took the chain. Then, then a rapper on Instagram Live. They call each other up and say, "Look, let's share the Instagram Live." And then they're gonna be barking at each other, and people are gonna watch it. Jay Prince is gonna hop in it because he still wanna be relevant as the quote unquote Grim Reaper of the of the hip hop era. Actually, it's a cat from New York. I just seen a cat from New York that said he would personally go fly out there if Jay Prince was to uh, pay for it and spit in his face. Uh, because he said he doesn't, he's not supporting. He said, where were you at, at where all these, uh, black, uh, issues was going on with these police shootings and et cetera. But now you want to pop up over a chain. I kind of felt him on that. Now I'm not into the threats these days. I'm a family man, unless you're going to sit up there and do it. Uh, <laughs> but he, he did say that he would go out there and tell them that, um, Nah, I'm not. I'm not helping nobody get no chain back. If your chain got taken, that was it. He was like, "Stop popping your head up when it's when it's about these rap beats. Once you start popping your head up in these social uh, uh, events and stuff that's going on, so uh, yeah, if y'all still out there snatching chains for what? Come on, man. I'm sick of these people. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, let's let's move on because I really don't have much else to add. I'm I'm gonna actually move something up on the list uh, just because I think it'll flow a little bit better. Schoolboy Q apparently is dropping the album here. I think he's supposed to drop hey. tonight or tomorrow. Um, he pushed his album back after Mac Miller died. I don't know if any changes have been made to the album. I'm pretty sure it was him and Mac were, were very close. Schoolboy Q, probably one of my favorite artists right now. I love Kendrick, but I think Schoolboy is probably my favorite off top dog. So I'm really excited about this album. What expectations do you guys have for this album? I mean, I'm actually curious to see if there is any sort of incorporation about like maybe some kind of collab with Mac from, you know, previously or I don't know. That's kind of my my yeah. like excitement. I, I ain't gonna lie. I was kind of being a little stalker earlier because I kept <laughs> I kept checking I kept refreshing to see if the album dropping, and it didn't. So I went to the Instagram, and he had like a little little snippet. I said, "Oh man, you gotta stop playing with our souls. This is not fair. Uh, it's not often that we get some uh, a lot of great music. You know, what I'm saying back to back. I guess I'm just gonna see the. I'm not the, the expectations. I mean, he's a, he's always been a solid artist to me. So I just want to see what else he got and see what kind of features he has." He always uses his features very well. Um, I think School Schoolboy's albums are uh Blank Face was completely different from his uh losing the name first, uh from Oxymoron. But I, I I'm excited to see the growth from Schoolboy as an as an artist. We all know he can rap. We know he has bars, we know he can put words together, all of that. I'm I'm excited to see the growth as like I said, an artist, so how the complete picture of the album. Um and we all know the quality of the album we can expect from Top Dog. Like it's it, they they pretty much are all consistently good, but I, I really have high hopes for this album. This this could be the first great album of 2019. So, all right. Well, what other new music are you guys listening to? I know I got one that may shock some people, but what are, what are you guys listening to? So I must confess, I feel like in the past, I don't know, eight months or nine months, uh-huh. so much music has kind of dropped. It's been hard to keep up with it. Yeah. Um. I mean, I've still been rocking like Tiana Taylor and. <laughs> Um, but I have started to check out the two chains project and so far I'm liking it, but haven't gotten through it all yet. So, I mean, it kind of is bringing me back to the old hip hop. So, yeah, yeah. I like the two chain, two chain. It surprised me. I know he was hyping it. He said it was going to be the album of the year. It's not quite that, but for, there's a lot of growth in that for him. And, um, as a rapper, like he's always been able to put together dope songs, but he used his features well on that one too, but. I think with the um the two chains album, I just feel like something it's kind of almost too much of the same from him at this point, in my opinion. I can see that. I mean, I I kind of want to reserve that opinion until I'm all the way done with it. Yeah. But so far, I can see that. But I don't know what's wrong with sticking to what works sometimes. <laughs> right. Mean, True. Yeah. What about you, Baylor man? What you been listening to? I've been listening to a plethora of R and B. Um, I listened to the two two chains album. Have you ever seen that picture of uh, it's a picture of Drake and he's like in the back seat and he just looks like disappointed, like he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of like how I was like, I was almost forced to listen to uh, 2 Chainz because I'm not a 2 Chainz uh, fan at all, but I gave it a listen. I found about three, three or four tracks that I like, uh, but mostly it's just been R&B, man. Just a lot of uh, I like Eric Berlinger project and Marie. Um, yeah, just on my R&B tip. This is what's up. I have honestly, this weekend, I was listening to Papoose Underrated. 
Don't ask me how I started listening to it. Um, <laughs> I think I was literally on Spotify and under like the new music suggestions, I saw a pop a Papoose album. I'm like, all right, let me let me listen to this. Uh, I don't think Papoose has put out a good complete body of work maybe since like 2007. But um, so I'm listening to it and surprisingly, it's honestly a really good album. I'm gonna take your word for it. I'm, now I'm, listen, Papoose has bars. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I heard. He was on Hot 97, I want to say Friday night, um, and I was hearing a snippet of that project. I mean, and it, I was impressed, but I can't say surprised because, you know, he has bars, but for some reason he has lacked the ability, in my opinion, to kind of cross over commercially. So it's like he's been out for so long, but yet he's still kind of underground, like I feel. So, yeah. Yeah, I think Papoose struggles from that thing where he can wrap his ass off that's not even a question but the fact that i don't know if he's ever put together a, a hit song that gets anyone behind him like he has bars yes. for days he um has a song on his new album called numerical slaughter which is a flip on the alphabetical slaughter he did way back when and it's a, a from a just a standpoint if you gave me um like the the lyrics written down I'd even think it has screamed to me off the page. Like he, it's amazing what he was able to do, but I can't say that there's any song from the album that I'd say for someone who's not a Papoose fan that I'll say, Hey, go and listen to this. You'll bump this. And yeah. that's always been his problem. Yeah. I can see that. Which sucks Pap- because he's dope. Papoose Pap- always, he just always seems like he's rapping at me. You know what I mean? Like he's yelling at me. And I, to me, again, I like Papoose. I like when he first came out. But it's just like he, it's like he was a max player on a terrible team, and he just couldn't lead him to the championship. Um, so he's the Carmelo was, Anthony of rap, is what you're saying? Oh man, I, that's a whole. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I, I might have to give him that one. Jeez, you foul for that one. <laughs> hey, I just call it like I see it, man. Mellow, Mellow. I mean, but Mellow is still Hall of Fame ish. True. Mm-hmm. True. Whereas you think Pap is not. No, I. Oh boy. This that begs hurts. the question, right? It's like I feel like again back when hip hop. I wouldn't even say when it first started, but '90s hip hop at least. I think the foundation was like lyrics, right? Like mm-hmm. you have to be a dope lyricist, otherwise you are not even in the game. And True. now that's not the case. So for people like Pap, who he's a dope lyricist, um, it sucks because. They're just they they they're dope lyricists and that's it. Like they they don't have what it takes to really have success as an artist on a grander scale. So that's true. That's true. You all you have you had to have bars, but at the same time, I had to have it. You had to have that that beat behind it. That and it wouldn't it didn't have to be one of those beats that made you that, that made you dance or anything like that. Because to me, Nas Nas has one of the best songs in music history, not just hip hop. But in music history, and that's it ain't hard to tell. That track right there, like I'll play that at my funeral. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. When you have a track like that, I need that from Papoose. Papoose don't have a track like that. True. You know, like Ice Cube to uh, you know, today was a good day. Mm-hmm. Uh Pac, Ambitions as a Rider, Big uh um, Mary. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, you gotta have one Actually. of those track Papoose just doesn't have that. But is that his fault or is that his production? Like, I mean, you're in control of your project. True, true. Well, mm-hmm. sometimes, 
Sometimes he's like Pat, Pat Poos has that personality. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't see him like not being in control of his project. Yeah, at this point in his career, especially. Yeah, well, at this point, yeah, he definitely yeah. has control because, yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. I like check it out though. Anyone who's listening, man, check check out Papoose Underrated. Let me know what you what you think if you think I'm tripping because I think it's a dope project overall. But I I knew what to expect coming into the Papoose project, so I I was expecting to just hear some dope lyricism, and that's exactly what I got. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's it. That's what we've been listening to. The next one. Uh, so with all the streaming music and, you know, everything we talked about now has been about streaming. Like I found the Papoose album, just scrolling on Spotify, De La Soul, all their music is coming to streaming services, but they're only going to get 10% of the profits. That is an issue. So as we're going more towards streaming, the old artists seem to get, be getting left behind. Um, as we know, a lot of those artists don't even own their own music. So that that's definitely going to be an issue going forward. Baylor, I'm going to come to you first on this one, man. What do you think about a deal like this? And what does that mean for for our older artists who, you know, new people could discover them on streaming platforms, but it sucks that they won't nah, get that's the profits. Di- that's disrespectful. I'm sorry. That's that, come on. Come on, man. To the point where I and I hope I hope everybody realize that. I, but you know what? You're dealing with when you talk about the streaming. This is this is the the, the era of the, the young generation. This is all they do. But people that's you know that that grew up in the nineties, you know the eighties and things like that, we cherish albums like that. We we'll we'll go out there and buy the physical copy. You know what I mean? So we'll buy the physical copy and then stream it. You know, and that's the respect that we give to those artists. So for them to only receive what was it, ten percent? Yeah, ten percent. That's disrespectful. That's dis- <laughs> so I'm 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 on board with them. Uh, you know, uh, basically promoting the boycott and going to get the two albums. I think there's two albums that wasn't uh, released under Tommy Boy Records uh, that they're telling people to go out and, and buy. Unless it was something in there where I guess they didn't believe that it would ever get to the point where they w- we would start streaming music and signed off on it. That's the only thing I could think of, but I don't... Yeah, I feel like I'd be talking... I'd be lawyering up if I was them <laughs> because, you know, 10%, that's crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that just doesn't make any sense to me, man. And I know a lot of those older deals probably, older deals probably didn't have any, um, any language in there for streaming because it just didn't exist back then but we that that has to get corrected man it has to get corrected because that's that's a travesty 10 percent. that's that's what you're supposed to give to your manager <laughs> exactly <laughs> but all right so we're gonna get into our uh our second break when we come back we got a few more topics to discuss uh yeah yeah i'm re- really looking forward to this next set of next set of topics we'll be right back after this Hey guys, it's your girl Beck Easy. Hi everybody, it's your girl Joanne. Hey guys, it's Trell and this is The, the team. team. And we want to welcome you into our group chat where we talk any and everything from ABCs of sex to finding your passion. Catch us every other Tuesday on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and YouTube. Because we lit. Take that, take that. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, so we're back. Um, This next one, listen, I know all the ladies were going crazy about this, but I just want to talk about it from the standpoint that I think it's perfect casting. Dave East playing uh, Method Man in the Wu-Tang series. I literally couldn't, once that was announced, I was like, yeah, that's that's perfect. There's no one better to play him. 
That pissed me off to know of it. Oh, first of all, Method Man can still play Method Man. I mean, hello. He he hasn't aged much, and I don't know. I will say, and again, I'm from Staten Island, so I'm biased. But Staten I like Staten Island dude swag is very di- like hard to replicate. Very different from Harlem or wherever the Davies. I mean, I hope he pleasantly surprises me, but I cannot see him being a convincing method man. Mm. Mm. But what if he surprises you, though, and does, and does a great job? Then I will tip my hat to him. But right now, I'm not a believer. Like, I'm really... I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they could have done better, because I just don't think... I don't think anyone can really be meth. Like, his mm. his swag is just so... I don't know. Like, it's so unique, and just... I don't... I can't. But I just feel like he still could have been... He still could have played himself. Like, I mean... I just don't know why they wouldn't have gotten him and been authentic about it. So, yeah. And he has sons, by the way. <laughs> so, wow. we could have tapped into one of them, like Ice Cube status. There you go. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I mean, granted, we don't know if Davies even has any acting chops for real. So, I, I completely understand it. Go ahead, Bill. <laughs> you know what? After talking to uh, a few people from New York, they are on the same page. They like, yo, Method Man could have played himself. Um, but it just kind of this kind of reminds me of Straight Out of Compton, where Nipsey turned down the Snoop Dogg role or whatever. Now he turned it down for different reasons, but uh, I don't. I, I think you got it. You might have to get at least they stay with inside. You know, um, well, it wasn't inside the same city, but at least it was inside the same state. You know, at least they didn't get, get somebody that was from Seattle. You know, um, I got to give him a chance. I'm a Davies fan, too. So. I'm a Davies fan also, by the way. Um, but I just don't see him morphing into meth. I just don't. But let's see. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, hey, I, Method Man playing Method Man does. I had never thought about that. That is a great point because I don't think he's aged in the last at least 12 years. Right. I got. I, I need to know what they smoking. Let me ask you. <laughs> Woo blind. Let me ask you a question. What are you more what what are you more upset about? The fact that Dave East is playing Method Man or Method Man not being in How High Two? Method Ooh. Red not That's being in How High Two is just disrespectful. They shouldn't even yeah. consider doing the movie unless they could be they could be in it. Yeah. There's no how high I gotta uh, Red. But but at the same time, this is a this is a biopic though. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I it's a hard call. I think it's both whack <laughs> so yeah but how high too i that i that's canceled <laughs> oh yeah i'm, I'm not canceling that it. i will not support that no <laughs> yeah anything that we got to cancel is definitely that so we right. got to boycott that until they do the uh till they i mean at least have a goddamn cameo right like what was that like they, they just played them yeah well, there you go. I mean, uh, the next one. So R- Rick Ross is writing a memoir. And this one is, I don't know how controversial this is, like if it's actual controversy, but he said he's plans on addressing his history uh, as a correctional officer. And I'm sure there's going to be more in that book. What do, you, what do we think about Rick Ross basically writing a tell-all about his life? I'm here for it. Like, where's the popcorn? <laughs> I mean, for real. First of all, see, so I have a few friends that, you know, have been CEOs in past lives. And the most scandalous stuff goes on. <laughs> 
in those jails between COs and inmates, COs and each other. Like, this is better than love and hip hop. I feel like this is going to be juicy. So, yeah, put it out there, Rick Ross. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Rick Ross. I, I applied for a deputy position one time, so I know the training that you got to do. So at one point, he had to be in great shape. Uh, so <laughs> shout, out, shout out to him for that because, geez. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I guess it's cool. You know, he, he's been in the game long enough. I'm just, I just hope it's not to, to clear up anything because I know that it was used against him when him and 50 was going back and forth and it kind of raised a couple of eyebrows, uh, but it, it died over. It died pretty quick. So you don't need to clean up anything. You really don't. But I mean, if it's something to add to his story that he thinks will be entertaining. Okay. I would rather, I'd rather read it than to watch it on a biopic because we know how Hollywood does and he might end up, you know, being some superhero crime drug Lord. And I don't want, I don't want that. Yeah, and Dave East might be playing him, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow, damn. Now, I'm calling right yeah, now. If, if a Rick Ross biopic gets made, Sean Kingston should play him. Just throw a bunch of tattoos on him. Mm, that's actually <laughs> a good one. All right. Uh, we're getting into our last break. When we come back, we're going to finish off the rest of the topics for tonight. Um, yeah, you guys know R. Kelly's coming, unfortunately. Welcome to Technical File, the sports podcast you never knew you needed. It's your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. Go, go, Power Ranger. Yeah, this the Black Ranger. It's me, a.k.a. Mr. Give It To Me. It's Ash Ketchum in his bed. In <laughs> bed. I am the Eric J. Only known as. The Eric J. And I'm Camille, point guard of the crew, the real-life Tifa Lockhart, the girl next door. You know, holding it down for all the women who love sports. And it's your boy, K. Harris, the gentleman. The gentleman. The gentleman. Also known as K. Diddy. Take that, take that. But better known as the people's jabroni. <laughs> and that's us. I mean, we four friends coming together every week to talk about the biggest stories in sports with our own flair to it. Let me tell you, you ain't never heard a sports podcast that's entertaining before. Damn straight. So check us out every Wednesday. Get at us. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. So um, before we get into R. Kelly, 21 Savage, we all know the story. Detained by ICE, gets out. Um, before he was he was uh, detained by ICE, he started being more activist. He started talking about things going down at the border wall. Now he's starting a financial literacy program. What do you guys think about 21 Savage and just overall where his career is going, not just um, this program, but just everything it really seems I have my issues with his music, but almost everything outside of the music, you can tell that this young man's growing. What do you guys think about 21 Savage? I think that you just hit the nail on the head with the word, you know, growth, basically. Um, I mean, even his music, I, I feel like a lot, just that track in and of itself is very different than, um, you know, his bodies of work that have come before. Um, I mean, the collab with J. Cole also, to me, <laughs> is kind of like showing he's trying to align with people of a higher vibration, so to speak. Um, and yeah, I'm all for, I mean, even his response to his being picked up by ICE was really thoughtful. And, you know, he was really careful not to like rile people up. And he was like, you know, the system just needs to be improved upon. Like it was really, I mean, I was waiting for the British accent, but it was really, um, you know, like he was really 
careful about the message that he was putting out there. So that to me showed that he's actually becoming aware of his social responsibility as a role model. And um, he's starting to take that seriously. So I feel like this whole financial literacy thing is right in alignment with that and is great. And I mean, not to, you know, get all personal, but as a realtor, I happen to see a lot of, you know, people in like our communities that are just completely oblivious to, you know, financial literacy and the path to home ownership and how that really puts you in a different bracket in society um, and in your own life personally. So I'm just like totally here for this new woke 21 Savage. (laughs) That's what's up, up, Baylor. You know, the one thing I like about it is that um, he has a lot of influence on the younger crowd. And um, the thing is, I, I, for some reason, and I, you know, I'd I be tripping off of conspiracies. Don't don't judge me. Um, <laughs> but I feel like he was an industry plant that turned his back on the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, like he got in the he got in the game doing what, you know, the industry wanted him to do. Uh, but eventually, you know, he had a plan this whole time. Um I still don't listen to his music, but I, you know, I like it. I, I, I like it. I think it's 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 something positive, other than you know my son trying to listen to Blueface. So <laughs> I know, I know, but um, no, I think I think it's refreshing, man, because it, especially in this in this generation, they need to see someone uh, that they look up to create this type of positive, you know. So shout out to twenty one, twenty one, twenty one. Cool, cool. Well, let's end it, man. Uh, R. Kelly, Gail King interview. Not only that, so we went, he got locked up again for child support. Another woman bailed him out. This, can we just please get R. Kelly the fuck up out of here? Like, that's all I got to say. Like, I really, like, we just, can we please just get him the fuck up out of here? Like, every every time the guy talks, my skin crawls. Because what he's trying to do, he's trying to use those psychological games he uses on those young women on the world now. That's all I watched and saw in this Gail King interview. He was really trying to play the victim. He was trying to play mind games. Then they had the two women get up and, and interview as well. And that just drilled everything home and what he's doing to these people. R. Kelly's a sick fuck, and he needs to get the hell up out of here. And that's all, folks. Right? <laughs> I mean, one thing I do want to say is, who is his publicist? First of all, that dude looks like a pimp himself. I don't think that that was the best look for R. Kelly. Um, like, at least he, and I don't know if this sounds discriminant, but he might have been better off getting a female publicist, at least, if you do, but maybe women don't want to touch him. I don't know. But it's like, you're dealing with this sensitive topic, um, and then you, ha- like, I just don't understand. I don't understand how any publicist who is worth their salt would recommend that R. Kelly talk to anyone about it. Honestly, he should be somewhere under a rock, hoping that people forget about him, not coming on national television with the two women who he's involved with that are part of the harem or whatever it is that he's running there and then trying to normalize it because that's what I saw. It was like, I felt especially bad for the two girls because you, I believe them. I think they really think that this lifestyle is normal and you know, their family is a bunch of haters and they want, you know, R Kelly's money and they both are deeply in love with him and think it's okay that they both are in love with him. Like, It was just the mother in me wanted to yank them off the stage. It was like, girl, like, this is not all right. And then you're crying and like, really like sacrificing yourself 
for his defense. Like, I don't know. It's the whole thing was just I'm still confused about it. And I just feel like I don't understand what publicist would think that was a good idea and advise him to do that. (laughs) Aside from him being a sick fuck and all the things you just said. But it's like, who thought this was a good next move for him? Like, if anything, it just made him look even more crazy. It made everyone feel even worse for those girls. And, you know, it made it very obvious that this is all really dysfunctional and not cool. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's only a matter of time with R. Kelly. I, I really feel like, um, but you know, people, everyone who's who's supporting him and paying his bail and everything, like I I don't know if you guys saw when I posted on Twitter, but they're officially now called the Peahive. That's what we're calling them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all you, all you could do is just laugh. All you can do is just laugh now because at the same time it's it's painful, it hurts, it's stupid. Yeah. Oh, like it's so much, man. Like not on just put it to the side, like he actually let us down too. You know what I mean? Because we did listen to his music. It wasn't it wouldn't believe me, it wasn't difficult for me to delete the three songs that I've had, but um uh, we listened to his music. He was a great um artist. But it was just everything that you have to throw everybody away from him to the parents. You know, I can't I, I can't blame the victims at all. But the parents, definitely, because I have, you know, I have daughters, I have kids and I'm I'm not I'm not throwing no rocks at no window. And you know what I'm saying? It's, it's going to be a little bit more damage than that. But at the same time, <laughs> um, everything is just everything is just bad. This is. This is what separates R. Kelly's case from MJ's is that, let's not forget, there's another tape. If I'm not mistaken, there were two more tapes that came up. Uh, one, one or two That's more another tapes. confusing thing, too, right? Like, who just is finding VHS tapes in their house and then is, like, <laughs> coming forth with them now? Like, this is really strange. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm pretty sure it was him, I would bet, even though I haven't seen them. But I just feel like, it's very odd that, much to your point earlier, everyone is now coming forward with everything that's happened in, like, the past two decades. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That one was... I don't doubt that there will be people coming forward as part of a money grab, coming on the coattails of the real crime. So now it's going to become what's real and what isn't, I think. Yeah. And that's the sad part, because... If somebody come, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm telling y'all two right now. Somebody come for Stevie Wonder. I'm, 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 I'm done. Shit over. <laughs> you said MJ's your number one. Up. Stevie Wonder is my. I think Stevie Wonder is the most talented artist of all time. With what he was able to do, not being able to see like the guys written, composed, like t- explain to me how you do all that blind. But okay. if if you something see? comes out about Stevie Wonder. Saying? I'm done. Like, I'm going to have to take a week off to really process what's going on because that's, I, I yeah, that's not even mentioning it. You see, I'm getting emotional now just thinking about it. All you did was mention it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, when it comes to MJ and Stevie Wonder, it's 1A, 1B. Uh, just depend on how warm it is outside, who would take the lead. But, um, man, I don't. This this is sad, man. This is sad. I just, I want it to be over with because it, it it is a market for this type of entertainment. So uh, until until he's just put away in jail, they're gonna drag it along. It's probably gonna be a couple more interviews or something like that, and then you know we'll get a couple more videos and memes. Well, I mean that's it. That's been this 
week's episode of the Breaks Radio, everyone. Uh, ladies first. Mary, tell the uh, listeners where they can find you. Um, well, I'm pretty simple. It's Miss Mary Almonte, kind of across all platforms. Um, M-I-S-S-M-A-R-Y-A-L-M-O-N-T-E. So that's me. There you go, Baylor. Uh, at Baylor the Great, Twitter and uh, IG. I don't really post on Facebook like that. But I want to say I'm excited and it's refreshing that we have a woman and she's uh, a Wu-Tang fan. <laughs> it would be interesting to see what her top five is because it's going to dictate like how our friendship is going to go. <laughs> really? You know what I mean? you know, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you see where I rank Wu-Tang at the all-time, uh, you know, group, yeah. I mean, we're, well, we're, we're, so we're, what I need to know, and that will determine our friendship, is who is your favorite member of the Wu? Oh, is 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 meth by a landslide? Really? By a land, like it's like it's a distant second between uh, him and uh, Raekwon. Okay. Yeah, mine it. mine is definitely Raekwon is number one, and meth no RZA number two, meth number three. Okay. Am I supposed to share? Yeah. Now you have to. <laughs> So I'm about to to blow everyone's mind, but my favorite is Ghost. Oh, that's that. that, that oh makes yeah, sense. yeah, I can okay. understand that. Yeah, Ghost, Math, RZA, and Raekwon, and everybody else after that. <laughs> 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 kind of hard to choose them. Um, but yeah, Ghost is just I loved his grimy Staten Island style, like, um, and also a lot of people, uh, obviously, if you're not from Staten Island, wouldn't really know this, but. Most of the woo was from Park Hill, right? They always shout that out. But Ghost was from Stapleton, and that's where I grew up. So I have a little sentimental reason there, too. Yeah. And nobody's it's... taking his chains. Nah. And nobody's taking oh, that no. big-ass eagle on his wrist. Definitely either. not. Definitely no. not. They would be picking their jaw up off the floor. And I've definitely seen that live, so... <laughs> when you talk about swag, he definitely top five. Definitely yep. top five. Yeah. yeah, nobody could uh, do. I'm so now it's like, who are they gonna get to play him in this biopic? Because mm-mm-mm, I don't know. We thought yeah. Meth was unimitatable, but I think Ghost is up there with him. You got to go get one of them Euro actors. <laughs> 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 you know, because they're real good. But uh, no, nah, his hey, his swag is like he he makes me want to go put on a robe. For no reason. <laughs> <laughs> and call yourself a uh, Tony Starks. You want to be on Man, he, man, come on, man. Criminology. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm man. with it. I'm a, I'm a girl, and I, I he makes me want to put on a robe <laughs> with some Timberlands and slap somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Joe Buttons. <laughs> All right. This has been the Breaks Radio. Right. I know we got, we got thrown off there. You guys can follow me. At CEO Hayes, you can follow the podcast at The Breaks Radio on Twitter. Um, and yeah, follow the network too at The Breaks Media. That's been it. This is another episode of the best hip hop podcast you'll find around. We're out. Peace. I mean, it's not like I didn't say anything that wasn't true. Watch these rap niggas get all up in your guts. Prince Vanilla Butter Pecan Chocolate Deluxe. Even Caramel Sundays is getting touched. And scooped in my ice cream truck. it up. Honey dip, summertime, fine jury dripping. Seen you were pickings with a bunch of chickens, how you clicking? I kept shooting strong notes as we got close. She rock rope, honey throat smelling like impulse. Your whole shell, baby's wicked like Nimrod. Caught me like a fresh butter straw, or may I not be God? Attitude is very rude, boo. Crabby like seafood. It turns me on like vines to your law rule. They call
homie Starky Love One. Check the strategy by any means. Shirley Temple Cross was done by Billy Jeans. Black Mrs. America, your name is Erica, right? True. Lazy Apple, Small Feet, Six Shoe. Carmel Complex and breath smelling like cinnamon. Excuse me, hun, the dog me no harm. Turn around again. Goddamn, backyard's banging like a Benzy. If I was jiggy, you'd be spotted like Spot McKenzie. I'm high powered, put a Dina Howard to sleep, you're parting. That bitch been on my mind all week, but I'll bet to you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.